breathing. Uh, we start to announce our online sitting session this week. So we may have uh, new friends join us tonight. Uh, if you're uh, participating in this meditation session for the first time, you're very welcome. Uh, uh, you may have some experience with meditation or you may be new to, uh, to meditation or maybe just interested and uh, you're all welcome. Uh, so tonight I'm going to talk about this method of direct contemplation. Uh, if you have had no experience of this uh, method, uh, or uh, you may think you have a similar experience to this method, uh, please just uh, put aside uh, what you think you know, uh, uh, don't compare it uh, to any experience that you have in the past. Just have an open mind and to, uh, to learn and to experience this method. Uh, okay, so in the practice of a meditation, we're actually cultivating uh, two qualities of the mind. The unwavering stability, the stability of the mind, and also the utter sharp clarity of the mind. First, the stability, unwavering, unmoved, and also a sharp clarity of the mind. The unwavering stability is the basis of the development of a concentrated mind. Stable, enduring, concentrated mind. And it helps reach uh, a state of the so-called calm abiding. Perhaps some of you have heard that. Uh, Calm abiding in the past is sometimes is translated into uh, the stillness of the mind, the stability of the mind. And it um, continue to practice, it will reach a further, a deeper state of the mind. And that is called samadhi. The concentrations, first, we need to develop enduring unwavering stability of the mind in order to reach a focused concentration of the mind. When the mind is scattered, it's powerless. And that build up to uh, the uh, stability and then calm abiding and leading to samadhi. The utter clarity or the sharp clarity of the mind is the basis to develop a clearly aware mind, a mind of clear awareness, which is sharp, bright, aware of the details and subtlety of things and objects in the environments, in our environments. And this clearly aware mind, the mind 
with clear awareness is the foundation of gaining insight initially and then further reaching wisdom or prajna. The unbraving stability is the foundation is the foundation to establish a focused and concentrated mind, which leads to the attainment of samadhi, calm abiding. And this mind of clear awareness, the clarity, sharp clarity of the mind, uh, is the foundation of a clear, clearly uh, perceived, observed, aware mind that is fully aware of all the details and subtleties of the objects and things in our environments, and which will lead to first gaining insight and a deeper state of a uh, attainment there will be realizing the wisdom okay so our mind everybody's mind have this two uh, qualities stability builds up a focus and concentrated mind and clarities bring out to uh, the brightness the sharpness of the mind and be fully aware of the subtlety and details of the objects and the things that furthers will arouse insight and leading to the attainment of wisdom. Okay. And often our state of mind is scattered, discursive. If our mind is scattered, discursive, it's quite powerless. And distraction here and there open the ways for counterproductive emotions. We weren't even aware that insect of our emotions and leading to many kinds of trouble. Without clear and stable concentration, insight cannot know the true nature of phenomenon in all its power. For example, to see a painting in the dark, we will need a very bright lamp. Even when you have a such lamp, if it is flickering all the time, you cannot see the painting clearly in detail and in detail. Also, if the lamp is, is steady, but weak, you cannot see well either. So you need both great, great clarity of the mind and the steadiness, the stability, both clear awareness and stable concentration. Just like an oil lamp, untouched, unmoved by any breeze. Or the contemplation. They are four kinds of contemplation. 
that we can all engage. First, is subjective. Subjective contemplation. Most of the time, we have a subjective view of the world, but we actually think ourselves to be objective. The second one is objective, objective contemplation. In fact, there's no such things as, be, as being absolutely objective. Objectivity really is just several people's subjectivity. It's the collectiveness of a few people's subjective view. When a group of people agree on something, it becomes objective. So there is no such thing as absolutely objective. And then the third is the direct contemplation will be, will be our focus today. In this method, applying this method, whatever we see or encounter, we do not apply any interpretation or judgment to it. Do not apply any interpretation or judgment to it. So we do not label, give it a name, nor do we describe or compare it. We just be aware that this is this and this is going on. Just simply be aware. Do not label, give it a name, describe or compare. So what kind of world will I be living in? <laughs> no label, no name, not to describe and not to how we are going to communicate. Hey, David. I cannot call it a name, but this is just temporarily using this method so we can see something uh, that we actually don't see in the in the past. A new world opened in front of us. So this will be quite an eye-opening experience for us. Why not labeling or naming it? Will you label it? Will you give it a name? The label, the name, is simply just words. Language is not the thing itself, right? Name only for all these phenomena doesn't represent the thing, the phenomenon itself. The term, Name only, I would say, is merely a messenger. Merely a messenger dispatched by you, carrying the baggage of your knowledge, your memories, your experiences in life, and whatever you want to believe. You choose to believe. We have a very good example, Donald Trump. 
the whole pandemic, COVID-19, is telling us this. It is merely a messenger, the name only. It is merely a messenger delivering the projection you make, the perception you possess, and the conception you shape. It's a very hardworking messenger, carry all the baggage of, of your knowledge, memories, experience, whatever you want to believe, and also a messenger, deliver a lot of things that you possess, projection, perceptions, and conceptions. So this name only eliminates the possibility that they are, that all these objects, phenomena that you see, you come into contact with, eliminate the possibility that they are established from the object's own side. Same with the issues of labeling, giving a name. And worse are describing it and comparing it. For example, give you an analogy. A car is made of many electrical and auto parts in addition to motor, whatever. So the car is set up in dependence upon its part. And it is not even the sum of its parts. The car is made of all these parts, but it's not the sum of all its parts. The car is made of elements of non-car. It does not exist in the parts or outside the parts. The car is not the parts. When you give it, give it the name of a car, you eliminate yourself seeing all these reality, the truth. You can't see. The parts without the parts, it's not the car. But on the other hand, it's not the sound, but all the parts put together. You eliminate yourself, see the truth. You give it a name and label it. Not labeling it, naming it, describing it, or comparing it. You are actually doing a very important task. Doing yourself a great help. You are diminishing the opposing mind that you possess so strongly toward the object. Almost every single object you come into contact with without naming it, labeling, describing it, comparing it, you diminish the opposing mind. 
The opposing mind is the mind that constantly in a position discrimination and operating in duality. They're diminishing that discriminating mind, opposing the mind. The mind always operates, lives in duality. So their direct contemplation is a very powerful, it's very useful and fundamental, very crucial to our meditation practice, no matter which method you use. It's a very essential, essential uh, part, elements in all kinds of methods we use. Now we are, I'm going to talk about how to use the methods and then afterwards, uh, we're going to uh, have some time and to use this method. It may not be ideal, but uh, at least uh, we have a taste of it. First, the conditions of using this method, the environment. It, it, it is better to be a, in a natural environment. With, you know, we're more comfortable at ease in natural environment. Uh, there will be less stimulations, disturbance and noises. And people tend to be more uh, mind-opened. Our sense organs uh, will be more open in a natural setting instead of a, like a closed environment. The mind will be more at ease, less agitated, and stressed. So the natural environment definitely is better. Outdoors, uh, not too noisy, uh, with a lot of uh, uh, disturbance or interruptions. And then you want to choose an object. Uh, for your contemplation. And when we use this method, direct contemplation, uh, normally we can engage our two sense organs in this practice, our eyes or our ears. Our eyes to see, uh, to contemplate the sight of the object, uh, the ears to listen to the sound. And for beginners, I would recommend uh, using engage your eyes to see an object that's static, unmoving, will be the best. The sound uh, doesn't come as a simply one, you know, singular sound. There's a lot of sound mixing, uh, it's changing all the time. So it's much, much more challenging and difficult for beginners to uh, perceive the sound, to contemplate the sound. An object that is static, uh, unmoving, uh, natural, that would be idea. Uh, something natural like a pepo twig, a piece of foliage or vegetable leaves and fruits, apples, bananas, pears, that's all fine. You don't want to choose something that will uh, cause 
some kind of emotions or recalling some memories or any significant incidents in your life you want something neutral uh, simple mundane and uh, you can also uh, contemplate a certain scene a natural scene that is vast wide open and far distance such as overlooking uh, overlooking the bottom of the valley uh, or you know um, seeing a mountain that's uh, far away in distance or look at, or looking over the horizon over the ocean very far and uh, expensive wide open that's another thing that you can uh, you're aware of and don't choose clouds clouds is constantly changing floating but something wide open so when you see from a, a far distance you don't see actually it's moving or and then open your uh, entire uh, heart and mind and that's the condition uh, and then the rest will pretty much be the same as we do the sitting meditation uh, you will you can stand um, in a standing uh, position um, or sit down uh, perhaps sit down will be better uh, if you going to engage in the practice for like 15 or 20 20 minutes or so uh, you would like to sit down and sit down comfortably uh, with your sitting posture that would be ideal stable and relaxed uh, more comfortable and before you engage in this practice in this method uh, you want to be assured that your body is relaxed your mind is calm clear and bright okay and usually the direct contemplation we don't practice like in a, in a two three hour sitting session uh, usually we'll uh, we'll engage in that uh, during a, a intensive retreat uh, most likely in the fifth or sixth day not even at the very beginning uh, first or second day. so that's when everybody's their body and mind has settled down into our very uh, idea uh, condition very calm and relaxed and that that would be most effective when you engage in this practice you will receive the uh, the the more um, uh, the most effect the more uh, uh, obvious uh, effect and the method itself is very very simple uh, you have to choose your object of contemplation and place in front of you. Uh, you don't want to uh, expose yourself and the object uh, directly under the sunlight and too strong the light, the sun rays beam into your eyes. You want you don't want to um, look at it in complete darkness that causing um, you know um, uh, stress. Uh, uh, your to your eyes you have to try very hard to see uh, to look at it clearly just a normal uh, normal uh, room um, uh, sunlight okay and you just look at the object of your contemplation with your eyes relaxed don't 
don't use your eyes in a forceful way and trying to like a, uh, penetrate into or seeing through the object that you don't need to do that just a very relaxed manner it's like you seeing in objects like treating it as a friend you you just want to get to know it and be familiar with it and very simple and clear your mind of any discursive or wandering thoughts just like we engage any kind of methods and stay on the object okay if your eyes get tired, you can blink and close a little bit and then open your eyes and look at this. Okay. Uh, any questions? Clear? Okay. Um, all right. So uh, let's, let's do it for, for a few minutes. Uh, I'm not sure whether 10 minutes will be too much for us, but now you have to choose, you have chosen your object of contemplation. Just before tonight's session, I just went out and to pick myself a weed, uh, quite beautiful, like a small plant. Uh, there are a few leaves here and I would just uh, choose perhaps just one leaf and just look at it in a very relaxed manner. Mine is calm and open. Uh, you can uh, you can prepare yourself, prep the mind and body, uh, sit for a, a couple of minutes, and then before you um, look at the object of your contemplation, you want to sit for two three minutes or. Five minutes, that's fine. And then open your eyes and look at the object that you choose.
like you're ready. Start, contemplate the object.
end our practice of direct contemplation here. Can move around and massage your eyes. So, how was your experience? Um, anyone that did the first, did this first time, raise your hand. Scale two. Right. There are other people who didn't show their face. Um, Anyone want to uh, share or raise questions? Okay, Kara. Yeah, yeah, Kara, please go ahead. Uh, you need to turn your mic, unmute yourself. Okay. okay. First, I want to say thanks for having this section. You will help me a lot. Thank you. Uh, so, so two figure, questions. Yes, I what? figure it's better for you to uh, directly experience this. Yep. Please go ahead. Okay. So first question. So when I'm looking at this object, okay. so it's a banana here. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm kind of, when I'm looking at, I, I found I'm four into two, so I'm trying to not to describe it. So I will turn my thinking into blank. But when I turn into my thinking to blank, I'm, hmm, it's, uh, I'm not thinking, it's just so weird. <laughs> I, I don't know what's the purpose of looking at this one. Then I'm starting to think. Uh, oh, it's a yellow. Oh, here has a uh, brown spot. Here's a green spot. But then I kind of doesn't to think I'm describing it. Right. So I'm not sure how to do it correctly. Okay. Well, well, first thing, Sarah, you had a. Uh, uh, I think you had a pretty good experience that you discovered that all you did first, you you name it labeling it and then describing it the color the black spots so, so this is what uh, what we all do at it all the time you know and actually we start seeing that as i explained earlier when you name it you carry a lot of baggage you're putting your own projection perception on this so you completely um cut your off cut 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 off the uh, possibility, so potential for you to really seeing this object as it is, as reality. Because whatever you add to that is fabricating it. Hmm. You are not seeing the truth, the reality. So, and actually by doing so, you find out you have this strong um, habitual tendency. You know, your whatever comes up, you doing exactly the labeling it, describing it, and, and then and then thoughts 
more thoughts coming afterwards. Mm -hmm. So completely, the bananas, the object in front of you, you're completely out of your mind. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the object is there for maybe I don't know how long, 10 seconds or less than that, and the rest of your mind is somewhere else. So how, how could you possibly see the thing as it is, right? Okay, so mm -hmm. all these thoughts come from a self-referentiality, a point, okay, at which, you know, it's a mix with your memory, ex your ex uh, experience, your knowledge, your interpretation, your judgments, everything in it. So now what we need to learn is clear off all the things. So we will be able to, to have the things review to our to ourselves, review to us as they are, seeing the truth. And also whatever comes into the weight, it's exactly all these thoughts. And all this is not only applying to happens when we uh, do the direct contemplations in our sitting too. And these are all the wandering thoughts. So with an object that we can direct, contemplate on, we see this more clearly, how our mind works, how our mind is putting in all kinds of layers, fabricated things, obscure our possibility, ability, capacity to see the thing as they are. Okay. So turn my thinking into blank. Is okay. 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 This is okay. the second thing. You need you, you don't need to do anything to your brain or your thinking. You just be, become aware and then come back to the things. Just very simply, you don't need to suppress it. Like you turn your mind blank, you're suppressing it, you know, you simply come back to the object. You know. When you try to blank your mind, you, you try hard to suppress mm. it, okay? okay? So it will not okay. jump up again, spring up again. It completely turn you off, turn you away from the method itself. You yeah. just simply come back. That's an effortless method, effortless weight, effortless approach mm. of engaging this method. Okay, okay. okay. Thank um, you. Okay. Second question, may I? Okay. So the difference between this method and mindfulness. <laughs> mindfulness is totally, uh, totally, um, you know, says mindfulness is a, is, is a, a, a part of um, uh, the meditation. It's not a, not a whole thing. Uh, mindfulness means be aware what's happening there, okay? And not necessarily have this correct view of Buddha Dharma. Mm -hmm. And seeing the things, what we encounter with is completely the product of the, uh, of, of the uh, causes and conditions, not being able to see its nature, uh, mm -hmm. always changing, just know what you're doing. 
you know, I could, I, I should be on diet by digging to my Häagen-Dazs all the time until I finish the whole pint. I know I'm eating Häagen-Dazs. Mm -hmm. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. Of if you exercise, your clear awareness. Okay, I should not be touching it. So you know. Mm -hmm. First, what should be the right thing, wholesome thing for you to do? Then next, how are you going to, uh, you know, to 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 deal with your lust, a desire for that? Relax your body, calm your mind, and so, and then come back to, uh, you know, um, redirect your awareness to something else, and maybe taking a walk, which is, mm -hmm. you know, uh, more wholesome. For your house, okay. 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 Thank you. Yeah. All right. Questions? Calling? Yes. Please. Hi. Um. Yeah. Thank you for um showing the method today. Um. It's really interesting for me. Um. I. I. I found out that I was really attached to my breath, and that. When um, when I have thoughts, normally the practice is when I have discursive thoughts and I catch that, I go back to my breath. And now I don't know where to go back to. And I found it very groundless. I am not sure in terms of when I'm looking, I, I was looking at my apple and I was looking at it and then there's patterns on the apple and then the way the light shines on it. And then it's almost like when you're looking at the clouds, if you stare at it long enough, you start to see images. And, and it's, it's, a, it's something that's a formulation of your mind. And I catch that and I try to go back to something, but I don't know where, um, where I, I want to go back to. Is it the breath? Is it, it feels very groundless. Okay. First, uh, when you find that you have discursive thoughts and you come back to your breath, um, a breath your, is your meditation method. When you return, um, uh, you know, to the breath, it's not like a, in a forceful way, but it's just knowing coming home, that kind of things. Not suppress it, not to use the breath to combat the, uh, the discursive thoughts. And then uh, the banana, yes, our mind is always very busy thinking mind. If not doing this, then doing that and criticizing the commenting and, and, and you know, try to improve the look of the banana, perhaps. So we see how the pattern, how our mind works. So when you see that, you come back first to the body, relax. Because once you start having all these wandering thoughts, discursive thoughts, your eyeballs tense up. Okay, your eye, your eyes become tense, stressful. So is your body. So relax the body, and then be aware the sensation of your eyeballs relaxing it. Then open it, and something appears in front of you. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, other questions. Or anyone would like to share your experience, especially those first timer. <laughs> anyone find it boring, <laughs> difficult, perhaps? It's difficult, right? 
even like one minute you found out oh i'm doing that oh i'm doing that exactly what chang wu fashion said <laughs> not to do <laughs> yes tom i was gonna uh, just mention because we we've done this i've done this many times and um what you said about using it uh late in a re uh, retreat like in the sixth or seventh fifth or sixth day I can really kind of see the wisdom of that because it's much easier if you've spent some time uh, relaxing your mind, uh, grounding your mind, concentrating your mind. You spent some time doing that because it, it isn't as concrete, at least in my experience, as something like breath work or something like that. Yeah. It, um, but but that doesn't mean it's not valuable because what you see, or from my experience, is what I see is how flighty my mind is. It it, it, it the the difficulty makes it apparent, yeah. you know, apparent where where my mind is at. It's an indicator of it. Um, so even that experience is valuable. Absolutely. And and one way I've thought I've. Uh, approach contemplation, I can't remember where I heard this, but um, I found it helpful is to, to feel the object with your eyes. Mm. Because when you when you feel something, you, you often don't put a word to it, you just feel it. Mm -hmm. And and for some reason, we don't have as much attachment, or at least it worked for me. So I kind of go back to that. It, it, there's no word. I'm just what's in front of me. That's it. Yeah. Actually, um, when you actually do it, and and then you will naturally develop a kind of a closeness and friendliness and um, relatedness to this object. It's more like a life and related to you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Louis. I, it, I, yeah. I found that uh, I, I I just took went out to the porch and sat outside thinking that my my object my my little <laughs> rock okay. and me out on the porch it would be very good and as I started to watch it a couple of insects started to watch with me and it's <laughs> uh, a little late and so they're the kind of biting insects. And then I could hear morning doves, and I'm looking at the rock, the stone, and I can hear my neighbor's car starting up and the dogs barking. So this, at this time here, is not so good outside. It would have been better just inside than I have my rock with me. Okay, all right. <laughs> the next time, if I do it, I'll do it in the daytime when there's not so many insects and uh, a little bit more pieces. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, we, we have plenty, plenty time nowadays so you can practice indoors. <laughs> yeah. okay. Thank you. Yes, Ivy. Um, 
this is the first time I experienced, you know, that kind of the uh, contemplations, meditations. And uh, my object is a little bit, uh, you know, the, a little bit purpose, purpose one. It's a very beautiful color that I like. And then the first experience that I have is my eyes absolutely very tired, too tired for me to carry on, you know, after a few minutes. So I close my eyes. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, I open my eyes again, and then I just have the judgment. Oh, so beautiful the color. <laughs> so I think it's not the right thing. So I come back, you know, return back to my, uh, you know, normally I use the, my body uh, sensations as a method. So I just feel my body sensation, and then but I feel my eyes so so tired. So I better better you know just uh, uh, continue my you know sensations feeling, and then that's it. So I don't know if it is a um, good experience as a first time or not. <laughs> okay, I think the object you choose uh, is something you like and the color you like. Uh, that's more like a challenging and stimulating. And also it seems that there's a, a reflection, right? The sun, mm -hmm. uh, the light, it will be reflective. That could be further stimulating to your eyes. Uh, so you don't want that. And also uh, you may, uh, actually uh, ex exert uh, much more effort than you uh, than it is required to look at the things. You're like tensing your eyeballs, okay? So next time, if you feel that, just go directly to your eyeballs to relax your eyeballs, softening your eyeballs and release the tension from your eyeballs. As I said, you know, uh, during the message, uh, we need to uh, not, not only just relax our body, but also our eyes need to be relaxed. And we often, when we uh, want to do something, look at something really good, we kind of, uh, you know, tense up our eyeballs, looking very hard. Actually, um, you know, that would be access effort. Don't need to put, put out so much effort. Okay, more in a relaxed appreciation, uh, attitude of appreciation. What's the best time to doing that thing? Because you, you know, is it better during the morning time when you have that much energy, more fresh? I think it's okay. It's okay. Uh, you know, certainly no matter what kind of a meditation method that you use, you don't want to do it in a very sleepy, drowsy, uh, body and mind state uh, clear. No, that's fine. Uh, the light will be a, a, a factor you want to look into. Not too dark, not too bright, not too, you know, like the sun beams into your eyes or, you know, a light balls and light come into your eyes. Thank you. Okay. Any others? Yes, yes, Eva. Question is, can one apply this method to one's own body? Uh, well, well, I won't say to, to do the direct contemplation of the body, but actually like the, the when you do the, if you do um, engage in the practice of a silent illumination, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the body is your initial object of uh, the contemplation, the meditation, right? Mm -hmm. 
and you don't want to stay stay on on the body. <laughs> as as you will progress in the method. Just to have to be focused on on the body. Right. You begin with the body, but you don't want to stay on in the body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because it progressed. Hopefully. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes, it does. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Good. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, if no one else, I would like to make conclusions of this method of direct contemplation. Uh, direct contemplation is very useful. Uh, it's fundamental uh, technique. We can say that of all time practices, including uh, the breathing method, silomination, and huato. It stops. It stops your mind temporarily from discrimination, from a position and operation. Stop is operation, constantly operating in duality. Well, beginners, if you are not familiar with the method, it is better for you to practice under the guidance and teaching of a teacher. One of the uh, practitioner uh, participants, I think that was his first time in a seven day intensive retreat. Uh, maybe it's the fifth or sixth day to introduce them this direct contemplation. Uh, they can choose to use your, engage your eyes or ears. So that young, young man, uh, chose to uh, be aware and contemplate the sound. And the retreat center nearby, there's a creek. So he went there and sat down. We didn't do long. It was about maybe 20, between 20 to 20, 25 minutes direct contemplation. Uh, he had a pretty good experience. You know, when he came to the seven day retreat, the first few days it was tough on him. When he actually used the direct contemplation within that 20 minutes, uh, he experienced uh, the unification of body and mind. So that was very, very powerful. So once um, you know you become familiarized with the method, you can apply it in your daily life, especially you're living with a family. Um, I think it's a pretty good method interacting with your partner and children and practicing seeing just seeing, hearing just hearing, not labeling, not criticizing, not making judgment on it. It's, it's actually a, a very powerful practice. Remember, uh, apply it. You're not going to be successful every time you approach it, you use it, uh, but it will build up the, uh, the power. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. And um, there's the force contemplation. At the very beginning, I introduced you. I said that there is a four, four kinds of a contemplation. The fourth kind is called the absolute contemplation. Absolute. Why did it called absolute? It's not comparatively, not... Um, conditionally, uh, conventionally, or it's absolute. It's the contemplation of realizing 
emptiness in order to achieve liberation. Without imposing one's preference, one applies common sense and skills in dealing with people's problems. Without reference to one's own likes and dislikes, one perceives what is really going on and to do what is most appropriate to help someone, to do what needs to be done. The direct contemplation is not the solution leading to the realization of wisdom. If one continue, however, if one continues to practice it persistently, it definitely helps to make the progress smoothly and connected flow into the absolute contemplation. In other words, it is a very essential, important foundation for before you engage in an absolute uh, contemplation. The absolute contemplation uh, is like what described in the Heart Sutra. You directly contemplate that the five skandhas are empty. The form is empty. Form is no other than emptiness, and emptiness is no other than form. So it's the sensation, perception, volition, and consciousness. That's the absolute contemplation. To contemplate directly seeing the empty nature of all phenomena. And that leads to the realizations of prajna wisdom. That's the fourth kind of contemplation. Without the foundation of solid practice engagement uh, in the methods of direct contemplation, you are not going to be easily be able to, uh, to reach and make use of the absolute contemplation, okay? Okay, that concludes uh, my talk and our practice tonight. Okay, sounds like it's, it sounds like you don't feel it is ending, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night. Good thank night. you. Wonderful to practice you all. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Have a good night.